0: You're tuned in to Wealth of Health, the podcast series from the Indian Medical Association. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to this episode.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of IMA podcast series, Wealth of Health. I am Dr. A. Marthandapalai, past national president of IMA and with me is Dr. J. J. A. Lal, the senior vice president of IMA. Hello, Dr. Jayla. Welcome to this episode. Thank you, Dr. Padma Shri, Dr. Matandam Pillai. It is good to be with
2: you on this podcast series of IMA, popularly known as Wealth of Health. May I request you to inform our audience what we are going to discuss today?
1: Yes, Dr. Jayla. Today we will be discussing a very important topic which is so dear to all the members of the Indian Medical Association. We are here to discuss whatever IMA has done over these decades, some of them very monumental, most of them for the welfare of the society and also for educating our own members. The IMA was formed in 1928 with uh, less than four or five doctors. Today, the membership of the organization is around 3.5 lakhs. And today, IMA is world's largest body of its kind. Yes indeed.
2: Dear listeners, do you know, Indian Medical Association is the only representative national voluntary organization of doctors of modern scientific system of medicine, which looks after the interest of doctors as well as the well-being of the community at large.
1: So Dr. Pillaisa, why don't you tell our
2: listeners how it all began?
1: Way back in 1928, the founding fathers of IMA were also involved in the freedom struggle of our motherland. They also felt that there is a need for a medical association, National Medical Association. And with this in mind, in 1928, the Indian Medical Association was formed. In fact, in those days, doctors in India were part of the British Medical Association. The IMA was formed in 1928 and reached an agreement with the British Medical Association that uh, Indian Medical Association will look after the interest of the medical profession in India. Once the Indian Medical Association was formed, uh, the IMA reached an agreement with the British Medical Association. That British Medical Association won't have any branches in India, but uh, they will enjoy an associate membership at either level. Also, in 1946, the World Medical Association was formed and IMA was a founder member of this World Organization. Yes, sir.
2: From the days of inception onwards, IMA was really doing a pioneering role both in our own country and also in the World Forum of Medical Education. I remember in 1966, IMA along with the World Medical Association hosted the Third World Conference on Medical Education which was much appreciated by
1: doctors across the world. Yes, and today IMA is a well-established organization with its headquarters in New Delhi, spread over 32 states and unit territories and serving the society through its 1700 local branches.
2: Yes, that is wonderful, Dr. Pillai sir. And at this point, we'll take a little break on this IMA podcast series. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back. This is Dr. Jailal. With me, Dr. Pillai. Will you be able to tell our listeners how the branches work and what context they are working, how they are contributing to the welfare of the society? and what is the role Indian Medical Association is playing
1: in the building of New India. IMA at uh, local branch level, through its local branches, is uh, serving two responsibilities. One is updating the knowledge of its members through its local branches, through CMEs, workshops, and others, and also serving the society as far as the health sector is concerned by conducting camps, detection camps, and also going down to the villages and uh, looking after the health of the public with the involvement of its local members. Yes, Dr. Pillai sir,
2: let me just explain to my listeners when you said the CME that you mean the continuing medical education which is intended to bring the updated skills and knowledge to our member doctors with the intention that whenever knowledge is our members are educated with the skills and knowledge it is not going to stop start with them but that definitely will percolate to the community and at last the community is the beneficiary out of the CME program.
1: Yes, you are absolutely right. It is the Indian Medical Association which uh, does the continuing medical education program for its doctors, particularly the general practitioners. The postgraduates have other avenues. Being a specialist, the professional organization are also involved in the job. But as far as the general practitioners, family doctors and Single man clinic doctors are concerned. IMA is the sole organization which has taken on its own shoulders the responsibility of educating our members as to the latest that is happening in the medical sector. These activities are coordinated within IMA by the academic wings. Sir, the ongoing CME
2: programs, either in the structured form or in the coordinated form, who in
1: IMA? coordinates all these things? Yeah, that's a relevant question. IMA has its own academic wings. For the general practitioners, it has a CGP and for the specialists, the AMS wing is there. And it is through these academic wings that IMA imparts all these uh, training programs to our doctors. And how many such programs would have been done so far, sir? Oh, it is countless. Remember that there are more than 1,700 local branches. In fact, every local branch, every month, conducts a CME program. And this is attended by not only specialists, by general practitioners, and other segments of doctors, including junior doctors. And uh, the CME program that IMA is conducting gets uh, medical council due to CME hours, so that for re-registration, these sort of attendance to CME programs can be useful to them. Because every local branch, every month is conducting it, and the WINGS on its own is conducting other monthly and uh, once in three months and uh, six months or once in a year programs either in the form of workshops, hands-on trainings and the like and apart from the monthly meetings conducted by all 1700 branches the academies and WINGS they themselves have their own zonal and regional and national level CME programs which will be workshops, hands-on trainings and even certain courses for enhancing their uh, ability, particularly for uh, surgery and things like that. At this point, we'll take a little
2: break on this IMA podcast series. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back. This is Dr. Jailal. With me, Dr. Martha Pillai. And our listeners would be happy to know that IMA vision is to promote and advance medical and allied science in all their different branches and to promote the improvement of public health and medical education in India. IMA prayer denotes, as a person member of Indian Medical Association, I do not want to be in heaven nor I wish to be reborn, but I want to only alleviate the sufferings of humanity.
1: Yes, we also wish to maintain the honor and dignity and to uphold the interest of the medical profession and to promote cooperation among its members. And Dr. Pulisar, why don't you tell our listeners the four important objectives of Indian Medical Association? Yes, they cover everything of importance. The first objective is continuing medical education. Second is prevention of compartmentalization within the profession itself and within the members. And third, of course, is improving the public health and medical education. And the fourth is definitely the maintenance of the honor and dignity of the profession.
2: Yes, Dr. replacer? why don't you explain little more on the compartmentalization, what you mentioned in the objective?
1: Yes, when I say prevention of compartmentalization, IMA believes that every member is equal, whether he's a specialist or a super specialist or a family doctor. And not only that, even in our CME program, we see to it that every doctor attends all the programs because Even a super specialist should have some basic knowledge about other divisions of medicine.
2: That is excellent. Now, dear listeners, I am happy to introduce the illustrious past president of the Commonwealth Medical Association. We are joined by Professor Dr. S. Raj. Sir, we welcome you to this discussion. Thank you Dr. Jailal
0: for your introduction. I should really thank our uh, past national president, Dr. Pillai for uh, involving me in this uh, venture. Now it's my pleasure to uh, uh, highlight a few things of what IMA is doing of its own or wherein IMA is coordinating with the government of India, ultimately to reach to the citizen of this great nation. So Dr. Arold Raj, why don't you tell us about some of these activities? Certainly Dr. Jayalal. a lot of things are there to share. The first and priority one that I would like to say is how go Chala? That is, let us go to villages. Because about 70% of the people in India live in villages. And they also need health care, but healthcare is not reachable to them. For going towards that, IMA has created a primary care centers and doctors also visit uh, weekends and try to offer their health care services. And now Indian Medical Association is keenly working to adopt digital health uh, from the city hospitals to the rural population so that the entire rural population will be covered with health care. That's the uh, first and primary one that I would like to uh, I mean, suggest. Secondly, people with living with uh, I mean, HIV and AIDS Indian Medical Association is offering a lot of support in the form of their knowledge and then guidance to them. They all feel once they get a HIV, They are done with that. No, that's not the case today. We just sensitize them of all the available modes of treatment and government is supplying all types of drugs to them and now the uh, their life is definitely made much more peaceful. That we convey and then we support them. And the most recent one that we have launched is uh, Anemia-Free India. Because you will know, that though we are talking at this stage about diabetes, heart disease, this and that, there is a common problem in a developing nation like India that is anemia, which is poorly recognized. You see any, I mean, women in the childbearing age, or any gent in the, I mean, senior citizen level, their blood level is very low, which is an, which could be easily detected by by simply taking a pinprick and then uh, uh, calculating his hemoglobin and with the tablet which is about uh, to i mean 20 paisa we'll be able to correct it and we also give them an advice how to adjust in their daily nutrition and activities so that this
1: anemia doesn't recur again yes dr arilaj all very important initiatives there's yet another initiative which is close to my heart another area where ima is actually getting involved that is uh, Save the Girl Child, because we know the gender proportion is changing and this will be, in fact, very detrimental to the even the human race, because less number of females and more number of males is going to jeopardise the very species of the human being. And what is the initiative that IMA is doing in this regard? Yes, Dr. Pillai, you have said very well. The Save the Girl Child
0: initiative of our Indian Medical Association has touched the hearts of so many millions in this nation. Why, you may ask me? Globally and most, uh, I mean, mostly in our nation, the uh, girl child ratio is low, and there are a lot of initiatives by the government to increase the, I mean, girl child ratio. You may all know that the PCPNDT Act, that is a deduction of the sex of the child in the ultrasound, has been totally banned and is being very uh, seriously implemented by the government. What Indian Medical Association has done is, it is uh, strongly supporting the PCPNDT Act and it uh, declares that uh, sex uh, detection on an ultrasound is an offence and all the doctors should not do that. That is number one. Number two, when the mother is uh, I mean, pregnant, we encourage a good health for them. We don't know what child is inside. But we, I mean, uh, encourage health for her so that the child that comes will be a healthy child. In many states, Indian Medical Association has adopted many female children. They have supported their education. They have given them good food. In some of these places, their even marriage proposals have been supported. That is how Indian Medical Association is very much keen on that. One of our past president, Dr. Ashok Adav, is very much passionate on it and he is fighting for this and creating
2: lot of results in Nagpur for the past 15 years. Yes it is indeed satisfying sir that this initiative is entirely carried out by IMA and its members on their own and at this point dear listeners we are taking a short break we'll be back soon stay tuned. And we are back. I'm Dr. Jayalal and with me are Dr. Arul Raj and Dr. Marthandam Pillai, both illustrious past national presidents of Indian Medical Association. You are listening to the Wealth of Health podcast series of Indian Medical Association. And today we have invited these two illustrious leaders to think back and tell our listeners what in the past two decades Indian Medical Association is contributing for the welfare of our nation. And now I am going to request Dr. Marthandampillai to speak about something for which the government of India, with the full support of IMA, is in a race with the rest of the world.
1: I really like the way you have put it, Dr. Jaylan. It is indeed a race with the rest of the world. And we are talking about the NTB campaign. The NTB campaign is one of the longest and biggest campaigns that IMA and the government are doing together. IMA has been associated with this program at least for the last 20 years and IMA has definitely brought in the public-private partnership as far as control of TB is concerned. The rest of the world has decided to end TB by 2030, but the target set by the Prime Minister for India is 2025, which is full five years ahead of the world target. The challenges as far as the control of TB or NTB is concerned, are that one, the social determinants definitely play a role. You should have a better living conditions, the nutrition of the person has to be better, uh, the body resistance has to be better, which of course, with half of our population, this is a remote achievable target. Second of course, is compliance, as far as medicine intake is concerned. And third of course, when 70% of private sector is involved, Without the involvement of the private sector, the project cannot be a success. That is where IMA is chipping in and uh, increasing the awareness about TB control among our own private practitioners, general practitioners and specialists. And uh, last but not the least, the notification of tuberculosis is also very poor. So that at least 10 lakhs of population in our country, uh, although they have TB, it is not notified and to that extent, control and treatment of this population is, has not been possible. It is in these areas that IMA has to play a pivotal role. And IMA is continuously, continuously and effectively intervening to see that TB is controlled by 2025. Yes, Dr. Pillai,
0: you have very well captured all the uh, important uh, aspects of the NTB program. But one key agenda here that I would like to stress is notification of tuberculosis. You may all wonder why tuberculosis should be notified. See commonly now we are facing with resistant tuberculosis. What is the cause for it? The common man does not continue the treatment for the required period of minimum of 6 months. Therefore he gets into a resistant category wherein costlier drugs have to be used and longer duration has to uh, be there for up to two to three years of treatment and he gets into multiple complications. When we think the tuberculosis, we feel it is there in the lungs only. It can go into the brain, it can go to the liver, it can go to the kidney, anywhere it can go. Therefore, the key agenda here in controlling tuberculosis or bringing tuberculosis under control by 2025 as uh, promulgated by our Honorable Prime Minister is notification.
1: And as already has been mentioned, notification is a very important process in ending tuberculosis. There's a social stigma as far as tuberculosis is concerned, and people tend to hide that disease and uh, are not willing to go to a doctor and get it notified. But only if it is notified. If 10 lakhs of people are not treated, then we are not going to eradicate this disease. So notification is very important. The government is there to give free drugs and government is there to supervise whether you are taking the drug or not. So first let us try to notify the disease and the rest of the process, the government will take care and we'll be successfully ending TB by 2025.
2: Yes, indeed, Dr. Pillai, sir. At this point, we'll take a little break on this IMA podcast series. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back. This is Dr. Jayalal. With me, Dr. Martandam Pillai and Professor Dr. Arul Raj. Another very important section of our healthcare professionals are the resident doctors in the various sections of the casualty and emergency areas in the medical colleges with limited infrastructures and lot of stress. What is IMA
1: doing to alleviate their problems? Dr. Pillai sir, would you like to answer this? Yes, Dr. Gerard. Indeed, this is a very important disturbing fact that the junior doctors and the resident doctors are not very happy. Their working conditions are very poor. Being the first contact person, they are always subjected to the ire of the public and the relatives whenever the treatment is not sufficient. And uh, this is mainly because our healthcare delivery system as such is not very efficient. Because of poor investment in health, Uh, The facilities in the primary health center or even major hospitals, including government hospitals, are not enough. And uh, people tend to assault the resident doctors. In spite of doing the best under the circumstances with the paucity of uh, infrastructure, and it's a pity and a contradiction that they are under violence.
0: Yes, Dr. Pillai, the current critical issue is violence against the uh, medical professionals. Yes, something solid has to be done. What IMA is keen is there should be a legal protection for these people. Though there is a law in 20 states, it is in a very milder form. Now IMA is pitching for a national stringent law against this uh, violence. We want to make it non bailable number one. Number two, in all the other developed nations, violence against medical professionals is being punished to the imprisonment of 12 to 14 years. Why this has to be stringent? Then only the, the violence will go away. Number two, one side legally we are protecting, the other side we need to, I mean, give a physical protection. There should be a police uh, uh, environment or an outpost inside major institution and see that a protection is also being given by, I mean, for, I mean, for these uh, uh, residents and hard-working health professionals. Of course, we need to educate the common man as well as the media, see that these things should not happen.
2: And IMA is busy on all these fronts. For more than 90 years since its inception, IMA has done tremendous work, particularly with the governments of independent India. So I ask both of you, what is it that will help IMA do a wonderful job even better?
0: Dr. Jalal, you have raised this point very nicely. I can answer in one sentence that any policies governing the health of the nation as well as the health work for doctors and other nursing professionals has to be taken by the government of India, taking into confidence the Indian Medical Association.
1: I fully agree with Dr. Arunaraj's statement. What is lacking as far as our government is concerned with service IMA is that IMA is not taken into confidence when the policies are made but at the same time, government wants IMA's full support in implementation of uh, national disease control programs. In all foreign countries, including American Medical Association or British Medical Association, the government sits with the Medical Association and forms health policies. And that system has to be copied or rather done in India so that IMA can contribute more towards the public health and can be a partner with the government in implementing all its policies as far as health is concerned. Indeed, the Indian
2: Medical Association has always been a solid partner with government of India in implementing healthcare needs of our country. And that brings us to the end of this episode of the IMA podcast series, Wealth of Health. I am very grateful to you, Dr. Pillai sir. Dr. Arulraj, sir, for having helped us to celebrate the great service, commitments, and dedication of the IMA to the people and the medical professionals of India.
1: Thank you, Dr. Jayalal
0: and Dr. Arulraj. Indeed, it's my pleasure to Dr. Jayalal and Dr. Pillai. I hope our interaction has presented to the listeners the great service of IMA to our nation.